Hello, if we've not met before, I feel like Toby's given me a good enough introduction there, so I won't, um, I won't say anything else. Um, but it's great to meet you, it's great to be here with you, and it's a privilege to explore God's Word together this evening. Um, our Bible passage for tonight, um, which I'd love you to, if you've got a Bible or a phone, uh, I'd love you to get that up. Um, I'll give you a second. It's Revelation 21. I'm going to be referring to it a little bit, so it's probably worth um, having it in front of you. Uh, we're, we're in Revelation 21, and it's 1 to 5, and it should come up on the screens as well. So from the top. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. What a passage. Um, if you were here last week, you would have heard Bishop Neil preach to us. What a blessing that was. I was so blessed by what he shared. Um, but he, he prayed a little prayer before he spoke, um, which I want to borrow. Apparently, I'm not allowed to wear the hat and hold the staff, sadly, but I am allowed to use the prayer that he prayed. So I pray that I may speak in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And so I want to just set the scene for this talk this evening um, with a few statements that you might be able to relate to. Mental health problems affect more people than ever before in our country, especially amongst young people. One in three young people under the age of 16 show signs of mental health problems. And this percentage has been growing year on year. And it's a similar picture with adults too. The need is so great that this coming week, as we heard in our prayers earlier, is, is National Children's Mental Health Awareness Week. So in, in schools and clubs and organizations across the country, there are resources and support to, to help people and to come alongside people who are going through mental health problems, children going through mental health problems. But this is something that's a lot closer to home for a lot of us as well. I wonder if you can relate to any of these statements. Myself, I have struggled with my mental health at various points in my life. I've also walked alongside others, friends and family and loved ones, and supported them as they're experiencing mental health problems. I would imagine that's relatable for others as well. I can say with a, a good degree of certainty that at some point in the future, I will again have an experience of someone, a friend, who is going through mental health problems. And I think that probably covers just about all of us.
the sad reality is that mental health is more prevalent than ever in our society. It's something that all of us will experience at some point in our life. And so it's important for us as Christians to, to face this, to think about this, to address this. To think about what it looks like to bring God into our understanding of mental health. He cares about our mental health, and so we care about it too. But it can be difficult to know where to find answers for this, because mental health, it wasn't in the dictionary of the, the Bible writers at the time. So there's not a kind of a definite place to go for answers. You might, um, some people look to the book of Psalms or the book of Job or Lamentations as places to go for examples of people who are going through mental health issues and places where you can hear words and pray prayers to, to relate to people who are going through mental health struggles. But today, for us, I want to think about what mental health looks like in God's kingdom. I want to look at that picture that we read from Revelation, that picture of God's kingdom in its fullness, and think about what that means for us in the now. What does that look like to experience God's kingdom in the now? Because throughout January, um, if, you're a, if you're a part of St. Nick's, you probably heard about and joined in with um, our 1102 prayer. So at 11.02 every day, we set alarms in our phones and um, we stopped what we were doing and we prayed for a couple of minutes. Um, Jesus' prayer from Luke 11.2, which is a very simple one. Jesus tells us to pray, your kingdom come. And we've been, we've been praying for God's kingdom to come in the lives of three friends. Um, and we, we often pray for God's kingdom to come in our city. But this evening, I'd love to explore what it looks like when we direct that prayer, your kingdom come, into our inner lives, into the inner lives, the, the heart and the mind of ourselves and those that we know and love. What does praying your kingdom come mean for our mental health? There's so much that I could say on mental health. Almost whatever I choose to say, I'll be missing out on another aspect of it. I've got 20 minutes this evening. So I'm going to be focusing on this one aspect of mental health. But I'm, I'm also, I want to say, I'm obviously not a medical professional or a therapist. So rather than giving any kind of specific guidance for like particular mental health um, issues, um, my hope is that this can be something that is generally kind of applicable to the, the wide range of mental health experiences in the room, whether that's personal or with someone you know. But it's important to say that I'm not, I'm not seeking to like oppose or offer an alternative to those um, medical help, to the medical help for mental health problems. I want to endorse them as ways in which God can bring healing and transformation in our lives. And so I want to just um, flag for, for information about how to access help. The best thing to do um, from a church point of view is on our website. We've got a whole page dedicated to mental health. So if you go on the St. Nicholas website and scroll to the bottom, you'll see a tab that says mental health. And that's got, um, that will signpost you to all the kind of different resources and different help that you can get. But also, um, if, if you want to talk to someone, come and chat to one of the leadership team. Um, and they can kind of point you in the right direction to get the help that you need. But I pray that as we, as we explore this picture, as we open up God's word this evening, Revelation 21, that God will help us to see that in our experiences with mental health, we find that his kingdom is our hope. His kingdom is our healing, and his kingdom is our home. But to be able to understand the relationship between God's kingdom and mental health, 
um, we need to understand a bit more about God's kingdom more generally. The kingdom is its language that's used by Jesus and others in the Bible to describe God's rule and God's reign. It's, it's where God is the king. He is in his rightful place. He is the one that is in control. And this is the situation that we see described in our Bible reading this evening in Revelation 21, the passage we read earlier. In verse 5, it says that um, God is seated on the throne. He is the king. This is his kingdom. So this is kind of a prophecy of what, what his kingdom looks like in heaven, in the future, where his kingdom is, is in its fullness. And the picture it paints is an amazing one. There will be no more crying or mourning or death or pain. God will be dwelling with his people. God is making all things new. I am making everything new. And this is a wonderful picture of heaven, which, which gives us hope. But the reality is that we don't always see this play out in our lives and the lives of those around us today. Let me tell you a little bit about my story. Um, when I was a, a teenager, I first experienced depression. And I was looking to all kinds of different ways to escape from the pain and the hardship that I was feeling. I think my first response was to find kind of safety in numbers. So I surrounded myself with people in a, in a similar situation to me, going through similar things to me. Um, you might call that my emo phase. Um, and then I kind of, that wasn't working. Um, that was not doing what I wanted it to do. And so I kind of went to the complete other end of the spectrum. And I tried to kind of cover it up by doing all the teenage things, all the classic stuff, you know, partying too hard, drinking too much, um, being a bit naughty. Um, and I won't go into the details of what that means, but it got, it got to a point where this as well, I realized, you know, this was not covering the pain that I was feeling. I couldn't hide from it. My life um, felt gray and dark and hopeless. But then I, from, from this place, um, God met me. I didn't have a relationship with Jesus before that point. But I, for some reason, felt called to do an alpha course. I felt pointed towards an alpha course. And I did that. And on that, I met Jesus. I began a relationship with him. And suddenly, I experienced kind of a hope in my life, a light in my life. My light, life felt full of color for the first time. And for me, um, what I found was I, I kind of, I found freedom in the fact that I, I stopped being the king of my own life and I laid down my crown and I said, your kingdom come, God, in my life. And amazingly, during, during this time for the, for the next few years, I experienced some, some healing for, for the mental health problems that I'd been facing. These kind of, they faded away and I, I had a good few years of, of positive mental health. Praise God, you might have heard similar testimonies. You might have had similar testimonies. But, but that's not the end of the story for me and my mental health. Because in 2021, uh, in lockdown, I experienced depression again. But this time, it came with anxiety as well, which was something that I'd never experienced before. I was in a totally different stage of life. I was no longer a teenager. I was a kind of as, as grown up as you can be at 20, 25 or whatever. Um, I was married. I was, I was in a job that I loved. And yet, once again, I found myself paralyzed by anxiety and depression. I found myself unable to, 
leave the house and do the things that I loved, to do the things that I used to find so easy. And at various times since then, I've had ups and downs, but mental health problems have been a part of my story for the past few years. And this is, this is kind of my experience. This isn't the case for everyone. Everyone's story plays out differently. But because of this experience, I've been led to ask these questions around what mental health looks like in God's kingdom. What does it mean to experience healing in our mental health? What happens when we pray, your kingdom come in my life, in my heart? And I experienced a, a tension in that. And this tension that I experienced in my story is, is it's not unique to me. It's something that other people go through as well. Um, sometimes it's described as the now and the not yet of the kingdom. That in Jesus, the kingdom has come into the now. The kingdom has come in Jesus, but it has not yet been realized in its fullness. And this is quite a difficult thing to understand. And I think the best way to understand this is with the help of some kind of analogies, some pictures of, to help us get our head around what this means. And I like trees, and so did Jesus. Um, so when Jesus is explaining the kingdom, often he uses imagery of trees and plants and seeds, and so in Matthew, he says, the kingdom is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all the seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. So a tiny little seed, the kingdom is like a tiny little seed, which grows into a huge tree, Kind of, we don't have the, them in the UK mustard trees, but they, they would fill this space, tiny seed, to a huge tree. So when Jesus came to earth, that seed was planted, that mustard seed of the kingdom was planted. God's kingdom was initiated. From that point, we knew that one day that seed would grow and would become this huge established tree. God's kingdom would be fully established on the earth. But what we sometimes overlook is that process between seed and tree, that process of growth. Because that, the passage says it grows. It doesn't just happen in an instant. It grows. And we find ourselves in that point between seed and tree, that season of growth. And I want us to just think about what that looks like. What does it look like when a tree is growing? Sometimes, um, you know, at the start, there's, there's real signs of growth. You think about a seed germinating, green shoots coming out, new life, new growth, springtime. There's real signs of growth happening. But then there's also, there's times of winter. There's times where the plant looks bare, the leaves have fallen off, the growth appears to have stagnated. And I think it's helpful to use this imagery for us to think about what the kingdom looks like for us in the now. God's, God's kingdom is coming. The seed is planted. The mustard tree is growing. And sometimes we see clear signs of that, but sometimes we don't. But we know that it's happening. And when we pray, your kingdom come, when we pray that simple prayer, we're asking God to work in a way which we can see the signs of the kingdom, the coming kingdom, break out into the here and now. We're saying, as it is in heaven, 
let it be so on earth. But I want to turn and think a bit more specifically about what that means for our mental health, both, both in heaven, in fullness, the mustard tree fully established, but also today, now, in the growing season. And we're going to look to Revelation 21 um, to, to kind of draw out some of these things, what happens when we pray your kingdom come. Um, so we're going, to, we're going to look at verse 4, which tells us that his kingdom is our healing we're going to look at verse 3, which shows us that his kingdom is our home. But first, let's start in verse 5, which shows us that his kingdom is our hope. So it says, He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. This claim, this promise, I am making everything new. There's certainty in it. It's definite. This can't change. So much so that um, the next bit says that it should, be, it should be written down so that it's solid. It's for everyone to see for all of eternity. This is a trustworthy and true promise. And so we can be sure of the destination of our lives. It's a certainty the, the ups and downs will happen. The twists and turns of our life will happen. But we know what the ending is. We know what happens at the end. He is making everything new. And we see this in Jesus. We see this in the seed. Jesus knew this too. You might know about the story where Jesus' friend Lazarus dies. And Jesus, Jesus knows that he himself is going to resurrect Lazarus. He's going to bring him back to life. But in the, in the time where they're waiting for that to happen, he is among his friends and he's weeping and he's feeling that grief of his friend that has died. He knows that he's going to be resurrected, but he still feels the pain. And the same with, with Jesus himself, as he, we think about his kind of death, his crucifixion, that, that kind of journey to the cross. Jesus knows that he's going to be resurrected. He knows that he's going to sit at the right hand of the Father for eternity. And yet, he feels the real emotions of what he's going through. He feels the, the hardship and the pain of that journey. But it was this hope in God's plan for his life that helped Jesus to persevere through all of that pain and hardship. And for us, when we're experiencing mental health problems, we too can find hope in that truth, that certain promise of God, this vision of a different One thing that's been really helpful for me as I try and kind of practically work this out in my life is just regularly reading my Bible, getting into Scripture and seeing the parts of Jesus' life where I see the kingdom breaking out, reading these prophecies and promises of heaven and the future where I see all things made new. These things that I put my hope in even when I don't necessarily see it around me. But also, we, you know, we hear testimonies like Cece's testimony. We, at Hubs, um, on a Tuesday evening, we always share a testimony of something that God is doing, a way that God is working in our lives. And so it's good to hear testimonies of God's kingdom breaking out, to be encouraged by that, and to think about the hope that we have in the, the fact that one day he is making all things new. 
But let's think about what else the kingdom looks like. The next one, verse 4. His kingdom is our healing. It says, He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. So what we read here is that in some way in the kingdom of God, there is complete healing for all illnesses. And that includes mental health problems. One day in heaven, all depression, all anxiety, all stress, all loneliness, all grief, and every other thing that can cause us death or mourning or crying or pain will be healed. It's certain. But that's the, that's the fully grown mustard tree. But we see the seed of this begun in Jesus. Jesus commands his disciples, heal those who are ill and tell them the kingdom of God has come near you. That's from Luke 10, 9. But here he's making clear this relationship between the kingdom coming and healing. When the kingdom comes, there is healing. When there is healing, the kingdom is coming. And you've probably heard countless stories of Jesus in the Gospels, in his life, um, healing people from all kinds of things. And here we see Jesus commanding his disciples to do the same, heal the sick. And we're, we're disciples too, so he's commanding us too to heal. I, um, I've prayed for healing for people. And I've known the joy of seeing people miraculously healed inside and out. If you were here a couple of weeks ago, you might have heard um, Mark, Mark shared a testimony about how he kind of received prayer and experienced a, a huge transformation in his life. God moved in miraculous ways and healed him from addictions that he was facing and kind of gave him hope and kind of turned around his life inside and out. And we should celebrate these things. But also, I have experienced the, the disappointment and the pain of unanswered prayers for healing in my own life and in the lives of those that I love. And this is the tension in which we sit today. There's a, a number of kind of responses to this tension that we feel. Some of us might just want to want to protect ourselves to, to, from being disappointed, to kind of hide away from the potential disappointment. So we, we just never pray for healing. We think that's not for us today. On the other side, we, we might kind of just close our eyes to the reality that sometimes our prayers appear to be unanswered. We might close our eyes to that and we might just kind of believe that healing will always happen if we just have enough faith. And I want to suggest that both of these approaches kind of miss the mark of what God has for us. We have to sit in the tension. So we pray for for healing. We pray for healing of our mental health. We, we sensitively offer prayer to others for their mental health, as Jesus commands, believing that he can heal. But we also understand that some of those prayers may not be answered in the now, but they will be answered in the not yet. I want to encourage us this evening to, to share with someone what you're going through or what you're, how you're supporting someone else to be brave. That might be a home group leader. It might be a friend that you're here with. It might be one of the leaders. But I want to encourage us to, to not shy away for asking for prayer. 
it is right that we should pray for one another. And as we pray, your kingdom come. We believe with confidence that whether it's now or in the future or in heaven, one day we will experience healing of our mental health. And so, finally, uh, we'll look at verse 3. His kingdom is our home. It says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. And so in the kingdom, God dwells with his people, and they dwell with him. Another translation, um, my Bible at home, is slightly different. It says that he makes his home amongst them. And so in the not yet kingdom, in the fully grown kingdom, this means that there is no loneliness. There's no sense of separation or isolation. Nobody's an outsider. We're all restored to where we're meant to be in God's home. Everyone is bought in, fully connected with him, fully known by him, fully loved by him. And we see this begun in Jesus. We see the seeds of this in Jesus. The entirety of his life on earth, how he was born into a stable, to a human mother, how he walked and talked and healed and prayed amongst us, how he was physically alive in the Middle East 2,000 years ago. This was, this was God dwelling with his people. God's love for his creation, God's love for his people was so great that he, he had to come and be close to them, to live amongst them. And as we today, as we pray for God's kingdom to come, we also see this breaking out into the now. Ephesians 3.17 says, Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Christ will make his home in your hearts. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. So for us today, when, when we're in times of need in our mental health, even as we potentially sit in that tension of unanswered prayer for healing, we can experience closeness and unity with God because we have Jesus in our hearts. God is with us. He loves us, not in a theoretical kind of distant way, but in a real and tangible and close kind of way. He's, he's made a home with us and in us. And now we're his family, we're his children. And if, if you have never experienced that before, or if you like a, a fresh experience of that, we're going to have some time before the end of the service, just in a moment, where we're going to pray and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill us. The Holy Spirit is, he's the one who gives us this experience of being at home with God in the here and now. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us that we can experience peace. We can experience peace when our hearts are troubled and afraid. When the Holy Spirit fills us, it, he gives us inner strength as our roots grow down into God's love. And so when we pray, your kingdom come, we are saying, God, come and make your home in our hearts. Help us to truly know you. Help us to experience you drawing near to us. Help us to know that we are at home with you. And so as we consider the, the state of mental health in our country, in our city, in our schools, in our children, 
in our loved ones, in ourselves, it, it can look pretty different to what we read in Revelation, that picture that is painted to us. But as we pray, your kingdom come, we become a participant in God's plan to bring that kingdom into the here and now. We're inspired by his hope, knowing that one day he will make all things new. We receive his healing, knowing that one day he will wipe every tear from our eye and one day he will heal in full. We experience him making his home amongst us, giving us his presence, giving us his love and comfort, while knowing that one day we will experience perfect unity with him. What we see now only in part, we believe with certainty that one day we will see it in full. So why don't we stand and we're going to pray. We're going to ask God to come, to bring his kingdom into the here and now. We're going to pray, Holy Spirit, come. So why don't you um, do whatever makes you comfortable as you pray. Um, you might want to close your eyes if that's helpful. You might want to put your hands out um, to kind of physically show God that you're, kind of, you're, you're open to him, you're ready to receive from him. And so, God, we thank you that in you we find hope, healing. We find our home. We thank you that you promise us that one day you will make all things new. And I ask, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you come now and fill us? Would you bring us peace? Would you give us inner strength? Would you allow us to experience you, God? That sense of being at home with you, that sense of knowing your love. We pray your kingdom come in us, in our hearts and in our minds. Your kingdom come. Come, Holy Spirit. We just wait for you. Would you come and break into our lives? Come and break into the now. We welcome you. We say yes to you, God. We open ourselves to you.